This is episode number 359 with Steve Cook. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in today. And did you guys see the big announcement? That's right. The big announcement. We released half of the speakers' names on Summit of Greatness. That's right. We've got a ton of people already signed up from all over the world who are going to be flying into the heart of it all, Columbus, Ohio, to attend the first annual Summit of Greatness event. This is for people that want to reach their ultimate human potential. This is for people that want to connect with other like-minded individuals and that want to build lifelong relationships. This is for those that want to connect with some of the most inspiring speakers and influencers in the world. Summitofgreatness.com. Do you guys have your tickets yet? If not, the ticket price is going up this weekend. So make sure to sign up Right now, go to summitofgreatness.com and check out all of the incredible speakers. I think four of the five are New York Times bestselling authors. We've got TV personalities. We've got billionaires. We've got world-class individuals in business, relationships, lifestyle, spirituality. Go check out who the speakers are, summitofgreatness.com. I don't want to spoil it for you right now, but go to summitofgreatness.com. Check out the speakers and get your ticket today. Now, just recently, I met this guy, Steve Cook, and let me tell you something. Steve is an incredible human being. Steve is one of the most recognizable faces in the fitness industry today. He is best noted for being an IFBB pro men's physique competitor, Optimum Nutrition and Bodybuilding.com spokesmodel, an international fitness personality, as well as the founder of Swolger Nation. That's right. Let's get swole. He is also the third person ever to obtain his men's physique pro card, first ever men's physique competitor to qualify for the Mr. Olympia, and so much more. The guy is also a super positive individual. He's got over a million people that follow him on Instagram, over half a million on YouTube, almost a million on Facebook, and he has just built an amazing empire online. And that's some of the things that we're going to talk about today is really how he built such a huge social media following that doesn't also control and consume his entire life so he can still have a life. We dive into masculinity and talk about his definition of masculinity, and it was, in my opinion, the most beautiful way I've ever heard someone define masculinity. I really loved it, so make sure to listen to that and share that, tweet that part out. We also dive into how to course correct when you feel anxiety or overwhelm in your personal life, in your business life, when you're building something. Steve talks about why he's looking for a girlfriend and also why he won't go on The Bachelor Show. Also, the importance of balancing multiple different platforms when building your following and growing your business, why that's so important. We talk about that and so much more on today's episode 359. Make sure to follow along and share this with your friends right now, lewishouse.com slash 359. Watch the full video interview also over there, all the show notes. You can connect with Steve and check out all the clickable tweets to share out with your friends, all the great quotes that Steve talks about in this interview. Without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only Steve Cook. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the legendary Steve Cook in the house. Good to see you, man. Good to be here. Legendary. That's an amazing intro. That's good, right? Yeah. Uh, we just met recently uh, through Steve Weatherford, who we just had on recently as well. And I think I'd heard about you maybe a year or something ago, seen you on bodybuilding.com or some fitness thing. I was like, this guy kind of looks like a douche. <laughs> but then, but I don't like to judge people until I actually meet them. So I was like, let me meet this guy someday and see what he's really like. And then Steve told me to uh, connect and uh, and come out and have lunch with you. And I kind of forgot that I thought about that a year ago or whatever. I like But that. then I met you. I was like, yeah, man, this guy's a really good dude. So, and don't get me wrong. We still do douchey things because I, <laughs> I, like to, I like to say, you know, there's that certain – there's there's feeding apple. It, I always like to say like the people that follow me, um, you know, we hide the peas and the carrots and the apple sauce. <laughs> right, exactly. So in this day and age, there is a certain level of douchiness. Uh-huh. I think that people, that, you know, and we we make fun of it. Yeah, yeah. We have a good time course. with it, but yeah, yeah. um, that's funny. That's cool. Well, you've got like shirts that say that too, right? Yeah, so Jim Douche, <laughs> Snapchat. We talk about Jim Douche. I get a really awesome voice, and <laughs> we start talking like this, like pretty much a uh, dodgeball. Boy, I like good it. Man. I like it, man. Um. How did you get started in the whole fitness world? You know, you've got this huge audience. You've got millions of followers all over the world. Faceofbodybuilding.com. You've got huge supplement deals, sponsorship deals, blown up on YouTube. How did this all begin? Were you always like a fit dude or did you start off skinny and say, I need to, you know, get big? Yeah. I don't have a cool like transformation story like a lot of people do. I was one of seven kids um, in Idaho growing up, and my dad was a high school athletic director and basketball coach. So I was kind of in the middle of those seven kids, and I had a lot of energy. I was a troublemaker. So my dad, from the very get-go, instead of you know maybe other parents don't know how to discipline, it's uh-huh. like, you know, I'm going to work them today. So we would go Smart. to the track. Yep, we'd go to the track if I wanted to watch TV. 50 push-ups every commercial from the time I was like 8, 9, 10. Yeah. That's a nice dad to put you through that. Yeah. At the time, I didn't think he was nice. But, uh, you know, now I'm very grateful for that. And I think for me, it was one of those things that I naturally had a capacity for that kind of stuff as well. And I took to to it really well. Like, I remember my older brother um, working out. I was in eighth grade. He was a senior. And I benched more than him because, you know, I liked doing the push-ups. I didn't mind it. My dad saw that. So I think he kind of pushed me into that. But, uh, you know, there was some 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 natural love of it too. Sure. Okay. When did you start really lifting? Really lifting? Probably I can remember being sixth grade. Six, no, like 11, fifth. Le- 10, 11 years old? Yeah. That's 10 pretty 11, young. It, it was young. And everyone used to always say, you know, it, it would young. stunt your growth yeah, right. and this and that. But I started off doing the body weight stuff. So mm-hmm. push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I could, you know, the next step was just evolving into machines. Right. And, and the, then the bar or whatever. And then the yeah. bar. Yep. That's cool, man. And what sports were your main sports in middle school, high school? I was, a, football was always my best sport. Yeah. I was a football, baseball, basketball guy. And then in high school, I dropped baseball and did track for football. But I always wanted, you know, my dad was a basketball coach, brother, sister, good basketball players. I always wanted to be a better basketball player. I just, I was that guy who came in and I, I fouled people and right. rebounds and it, it was what it was. I like it. You're just the intimidator. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and one of the fun facts that we found out about you, I don't know, you have to tell me if this is a myth, that you eat Chipotle four times a week. <laughs> what are these I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there, there are weeks. I definitely don't, like these days, Chipotle four times a week would not be, more. right now it's Chick-fil-A actually. Really? Yeah, I got this, I just love chick there's one close to my Dude. place and I probably stopped there. I know the macros and the meal that I get <laughs> and it's part of my daily diet really? pretty much. Uh-huh. Dude, I, uh, Chick-fil-A, I haven't had in probably six years. I would eat that every week when I was playing arena football in 
Huntsville, Alabama, we would get like essentially like food stamps to play. Really? Yeah, they would, they would give us like free <laughs> they meals. Pay you They'd pay us in, in Chick Fil A <laughs> and uh, this barbecue joint that we'd eat, and then Firehouse Subs. I remember. Really? Chick Fil A. We'd have like we'd be like trading, you know, the food stamps for like the other like give me your Chick Fil A for the barbecue. That right, is you know? awesome. But we would get that, put the little hot sauce on it, man. It was so good. I love me. I haven't some had it in a long time. I just. It's hard to think about that. It's actually healthy for a good yeah. <laughs> I, I I stick with the grilled chicken sandwich. I do oh, a side good. of grilled nuggets, and oh, I don't, yeah. you know, and it, I know it's it's not organic. Yeah, no, it's not. But you know, again, it's I it's quick, it's easy, yeah, and yeah, yeah. my lifestyle right now, as much as I'm traveling, it kind of fits. So yeah, but yeah, definitely. I always, you know, if it was organic, maybe that's one thing we tell Chick Fil A. Get some organic. I chicken think they're in. supposed to do something. I think Bonnie Hardy, a friend of mine is a food activist and she got Chick-fil-A to change something. Maybe it's no homo no yeah. hormones or something in like the next few years are changing out of it. But it sounds like I've heard something about that. Yeah. Too. So we'll see. Um so when did you realize so you played football at uh Dixie State, is that right? Dixie State College in you, Southern Utah. All four years you finished or did you stop after So no I played uh so I started off at Boise State. It was a, a gray shirt there and I didn't go to class a gray like, shirt. What a is gray that? Shirt. They don't even gray shirt people anymore. What is that? So you're not actually – your clock hasn't started with the NCAA yet. Uh, I was a walk-on, preferred walk-on. I was a running back in high school, and I yeah. just – I didn't have the quicks for running back in college. So I was going to try to play linebacker. Mm. They wanted me to gray shirt. came on, and, you know, as a freshman, you don't have anyone really caring about you. No you're a walk-on. And I just – I stopped going to class. Ended up transferring to a place called Snow College huh. in Ephraim, Utah. Like – my cell phone didn't work there. Turkeys, <laughs> they had turkey farms, and it was it was an interesting place. I actually cried the first night I, I I moved into my place there. I'd never been before, and I saw it. My cell phone wasn't working. You're like, I just wear it. Wrong I? decision. Yeah. How long did you stay there? So I was there for a year and a half, and then ended up transferring to Dixie State Division Two school. They were a junior college when I went there. They did first year being Division Two, and we were awful. But I played all <laughs> three started. years. Yeah, I started all three years. Uh, you know, I was, I was able to make captain my senior year, right. but I think we probably won four games Okay, the, the, over the course of three years. Right, right. But, Man, that's the worst when you just lose every game. It's the worst feeling. I'd never been up. I, I don't think I'd ever had a losing record in any of the sports teams until I got there. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot, but it was also, it was definitely hard. It's hard to break out of that. You know, I've been on championship teams and then teams that just sucked as well. And it's hard to change the momentum to defeated every week to being expired and excited and motivated to train harder to win. If you're not winning, it's really right. hard to just change that mindset that you can win. Mm -hmm. Both are habits. I think, you know, when you Both win, it's, it's a habit like in you expect it. And when you lose, it's the same the challenging thing is with a team sport, you can't really control everyone else's mindset. You can for moments inspire and lead by example and rally people around you. But it's gotta be a collective team that has the mindset and the coach and the coach and the, it starts you know. with the coach. I agree with that. And yes. I, I think that you know we had we had some some good guys on the team. It was just it was there was no real unity. Yeah. And I think it starts with the coach. Challenging. Okay. So after school, what happened after school? Did you like so, yeah. just like this heartthrob ripped <laughs> dude that just said I'm going to be a fitness professional or what was the vision was, after that? I was married in college. Shut up. Yeah, that's got, some that's some Idaho stuff right that there. That is Idaho and Utah. That's it, you know, man. like I <laughs> I know a lot of people, every a lot of my friends married and have kids, you no know. No way. I was married at 21 to at a girl Dixie State. At Dixie State. So I went through college uh two of the the four years married. A uh, girl I, I, I dated wow. in high school, and we kind of dated on and off for the first two years of college, and then got married, and then uh, we moved back to Boise together, 
And then what happened is she was a nurse. I hadn't even had, I didn't graduate. I didn't graduate at the time when I moved back. So still a few credits short working at Texas Roadhouse and uh, waiter or I was a waiter there. Yep. And kind of trying to figure out, you know, think about going to chiropractic school. I had a little tryout, a little school tryout with the Titans that didn't pan out. And then I fractured my ankle and just kind of gave up on that. It was tough because that's your identity. That's it, man. It's your life. And you know, you don't that. think about anything else you don't. after football. It's like, Oh, let's just keep going. Yeah. See how far we can go. You know, you're going to school and you're not really thinking about, what you want to do because you're hoping this football thing pans out. You're not out. studying. No. <laughs> you don't I care mean, about class. Yeah, and that and that and, and you just do it for football. That's you know? it, man. That's the only reason I went to school. One hundred percent. And then so I, I get back we get back to Boise. I'm working as a waiter. I'm about, you know, twelve credits short. She's a nurse. Relationship, you know, it was tough. She was the breadwinner and uh they ended up stepping out on our marriage and I what what I, you know, I we ended up getting divorced. But it was probably a big wake-up call for me as well. I went back down to Dixie State, finished my degree, did it for me. You know, didn't have to do it for football or anything else. Right. You know, and and got for the first time. I think you know, uh, really felt good about where I was at. And at the time, I was going to school, taking sixteen credits, working at Texas Roadhouse back down in St. George, prepped for my one of my very first bodybuilding competitions. Like it was a it was a spokesmodel search for muscle and fitness. No way at the Mr. Olympia contest in Vegas. And you uh, heard about it online or you reading the magazine or magazine and online. It was a big one, you know, like 250 guys entered it in. And, you know, I, I, I never worked that, that semester. I lived in my grandparents' house cause they didn't, they didn't live there. You know, this was before iPhones and I didn't have the internet at their house and I'd go to work, I'd go to school and then I'd prep. My whole life was structured. I never worked so hard and I never learned so much about myself in that short, you know, four or five month period of time. Yeah. I ended up winning that muscle and fitness male model search and got in. And from there on, I was like running in the fitness industry and just kind of, you know, there's this men's physique category that was then created after that, that I participated in, get my pro card in the IFBB and all along, you know, was working with bodybuilding.com because they're from Boise, Idaho Mm -hmm. and then optimum nutrition, one of the world's largest supplement companies. And I just was given some amazing opportunities to travel around the world and meet people at expos, started a YouTube channel and just kind of just been running ever, ever since, since with it. What year was this? How old were you? This would have been 2010, uh, 2009, 2010. So when you won the yeah, fitness search. When I, and that was, so I was probably uh, 24, 25. Gotcha. Um, yeah, 24, 25. And you've just been kind of trying to figure it out ever since then. Like, Every, well, yeah. How do I maximize this opportunity and maximize the next one and, and 100%. build it? 100%. Wow, and, it, and you know it was it wasn't always something. You know, I was always told there's no money in the fitness industry, and which is you know true in a lot of ways. You know the big bodybuilders make a lot of money, but now you know when Men's Physique was created a couple of years ago, supplement companies started realizing that people love that attainable look, um, and so as opposed to the bodybuilding look, the massive, the big, massive muscles. Yeah. yeah. So and, and that was kind of where I started off, but me growing up as an athletic, you know, an athletic family, wanting to be an athlete, you know, my training has kind of gotten back to that. And now I'm trying anything and everything and, and really focusing in more on the YouTube. Competing is no longer something I really focus in because it's it is it's selfish at the end of the day. It served its purpose for me. I, I you know for the longest time my, my goal was to be men's physique Mr. Olympia. And how I many think, categories are there in the Olympia? For for men's there's two right now. There's bodybuilding and men's physique. physique. Yep. And uh when did know, this physique thing come out? It came out about 2011. Oh, so after you, yeah, after I won the, the search, the search, the search actually was kind of the the launch pad for this category men's physique that's now you know taken off in in the in the bodybuilding world. And at the same time, social media came about, and we yeah. all know 
Instagram and Facebook, everyone loves posting meals yeah, and course. their fitness. You know, you, nobody goes to the gym anymore without taking a selfie at the gym. So it's like it kind of was a perfect storm. And I felt like that's the only reason I really have a good social media following is because people liked, um, you know, the, the kind of that process. So the daily story, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the journey. Yeah. So, you know, I can, yeah. And so you were, how long were you, you've been competing for a number of years? Like, would it be twice a year you compete in a competition type of thing? Or what was this? Yeah. I, I didn't compete as much as a lot of the other guys because I knew that that I wanted to, to win Mr. Olympia, but I knew that was only, that was a, a stepping, stepping stone. stone. There's other things I wanted to do. Part of that included LA. Part of that included clothing, supplements, and, 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 and maybe even one day acting. Mm. But I think that the, at the at the heart of it is I, I like I'm a P, I, I like being at expos. I like meeting people. I like yeah. doing YouTube and acting with people. Yeah, yeah, and that to me goes so much further than anything else. And you know, I come from like I said, seven kids. None of them really are in the fitness world, so like it's not something that I get so caught up in. Like I know there's a lot of people that compete mm-hmm. that really get caught up in it, but I have a really great family that I feel like has always kind of kept me grounded and yeah. and seeing a bigger picture with everything. And um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. That's cool, man. How many events are you doing a year right now? Expos. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, probably twelve to fourteen. So One this year, yeah, just about this year we've done uh, places like India. We started off with in January. Obviously, L.A., the Arnold's in Spain, Ohio, uh-huh. uh, China, Sweden, Australia. So it's it's a trip seeing the world. You know, a lot of the expo halls look the same, so it doesn't it's matter awesome. where I'm at. But the yeah. people. The people that come up and say, Steve, I watched your YouTube or I lost 30 pounds doing this program on bodybuilding.com or, you know, I, that's what to me, I'm like, you know what, this is, this is really what it's about. And I don't know. I just, I, I love, it gives me tingles when I, when people start telling me stories like that. And, right. and now being in LA, I want to just, I want to grow that to a bigger platform and, and try to really take that to, to a bigger audience. Sure. Even. Sure. I want to transition into a topic about masculinity. Yep. Because. There's a lot of men, most, I'm assuming mostly men that follow you. Or 78%. Is 78%. Roughly. On the Instagram, now that you on, can see the stats. On the Instagram. I, I, that was one <laughs> of the amazing, best right? things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so about 80%. Um, and they all, what do they want? They want to look like you? They want to be more manly? Do they want to have bigger muscles? Like, what is their goals? You know, and I, I think it, it really depends on, I think, age too. But I think everyone starts off wanting to be bigger and stronger that, that follows me. And, and I was that same kid at 18, 19 years old. I wanted to be big and strong. And, and I, again, it's where we get back to the applesauce and the, yeah, the, yeah. the peas and the carrots. So you give them that. And, it's, again, it can be a little bit douche. You're in the gym doing bicep curls yeah, and right. things like that. Then you lead them into more health and you start talking about why we're doing these types of things, being functional, nutrition, you know, and what, what being in the gym, what it really should be about mm-hmm. and how you, you, know, you can pretty much take that, that struggle in the gym and apply it to other areas of your life, which is kind of what I did with the whole divorce in my life. But that's that's where you know that's my demographic, and I think they want, you know, yes, they they want to look better, they want to be bigger. I I think also they want acceptance. At the end of the day, they want they want people to look at them and and really, to, it's like nothing. You know, it's I want to create a community where you know because really people go to the gym a lot of the times for insecurities. That was myself. You know, at the time of my divorce. I didn't really have a lot going for me. I knew I could control what happened in the gym and it made me feel good. Exercise released endorphins where I didn't have a lot of other things feeling good in my life at the time. So I think, you know, uh, the gym is, I've seen a lot of great things that it can come from in just leading to health. Now there's a point where you care about yourself too much. You (sighs) care about your appearance too much. 
it's you, 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 mm-hmm. and you stop worrying about everyone else in your life. That is that you know. There's that balance, and I've also been that person. How do you handle too. that? Yeah, with, you know, because you've got to post constantly to stay engaged mm-hmm. with your audience you, to build your following. You can't just post once every two weeks. You right. post daily, all over the place. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included but you don't take yada yada in life so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do you stay grounded and, you know, not selfish looking or whatever? Right. But also come from a giving place. That That is a great question because it seems like the more selfish you are sometimes in our day and age on social media, like look at me, shirtless selfies, this and that more people are going to follow you and yeah. things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's got to get you more engagement. Right. right. So I think that there is a, getting back to that, that certain amount of, you can call it douchiness or whatnot, uh, that is, that is, you know, you, you bring people in, you kind of, ca- and then it's like, why why are they going to stay following? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there's people I'll follow, I kind of see what they're about. If they're great, I keep following. If not, if I don't like the message that they're portraying, yeah. I, I unfollow them. And I, for me, that's what it's a, it's always been about. You know, there's, you know, and it, it's rotating things on, on a scheduling of posts where you're talking more, you know, you get deeper in some posts. You, you talk about, you know, uh, other people that are doing great, great things in other areas, you know, books that I like. And you try to make it, you know, and some people will will appreciate that. Others won't. Some people just always want to see fitness stuff. But uh, I can't be, I can't do that because I'm not being true to myself then. But I think that, I think people respect that in the long run. And then they're, they're a following that's really engaged and care about you rather than just, you know, how you're looking and things like that. What was your biggest insecurity after the divorce? 
after the divorce, probably my biggest insecurity is that uh, I I wasn't working hard enough. Like that, you know, I got I I couldn't succeed because I would. I was no longer a football player. I didn't know how to be successful in anything else. I kind of felt like, I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of, you know, I never took school super serious. I, I never, there was never nothing besides sports that I was ever successful in. And it was my biggest insecurity that uh, there was something wrong with me that, you know, I was going to be that way forever, that I didn't have any other talents to, to give to people other than playing sports. Um, but again, that's just, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people go through in their early twenties, figuring out who they are. But it was a big part of of my life, and going through that then, I think really um, now that I'm in my thirties, now that I'm thirty one, how that's hard to say that you know, <laughs> kind of kind of went through those things to figure out and be more secure now. What do you say is your biggest security right now? Then insecurity right now, okay, or do you have any? Oh no, I definitely got <laughs> definitely got insecurities. Um, biggest insecurity right now, I would say just. There's times that I, f- I feel like I could I could lose, and, and again we'll, you have that fear of, of failing in life still, mm-hmm. but that that everything you built up could be taken away, or all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow and and you know Instagram's not around or something, and you, all of a sudden you don't have this following. And again, it's like the same thing with football. What do you have left? So I'm trying to make sure that that there's balance in life, and and there's something more that can be you can attach your name to other than just social media accounts, right? Okay. What do you think is missing in your life? Missing? Probably right now, 100%, I can say this, and I think you know what I'm going to say, is a, is a relationship like, uh, uh, you know, with, with a girl is, you know, I'm not currently dating anyone. And I think for me, it's good to kind of take a step back and, and focus in on what I'm doing, but also what I, what do I want to see in myself to then be a better partner for somebody in the future? Because I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> what's the, what's the ultimate dream girl? What who is she? You know, and that has evolved over the the years. It's funny because when I was 22, 23, the girls that I was like, I think I would like to date her. Wow. It's changed now. Yeah. And I start I I immediately think about, you know, is this person potentially a good mom? You know, does she have her own things that she likes and has going for her? You know, when before, you know, I, I would have been fine with a girl that just, you know, looked wanted good, to be all, yeah, look good <laughs> and wanted just to go work out with me at the gym. You know, now it's, I, you know, I, I want her to be somebody who's educated, has, has views on other things, you know, politically in the world today that, that means something also has a spiritual side to her as well that, that has something that, you know, has a moral compass. Sure. Sure. Interesting. How, why is it hard for you to find that? Time. I feel like girls would be all over you right now. It's, huh? it's time right now, just on the road constantly, and and again, there's that when you when you're concentrating on you know trying to build a business like I am. That's your that's your girlfriend, man. Yeah, that's it, your baby. It really is. There's not really any place. I don't go out and drink at clubs in L.A. I'm you know I'm I'm living here, but when I'm here, it's work. When I want to relax between trips or L.A., I go back and I spend it with family because family's huge to me, family and really good friends. So unless they're like, hey, I have this great girl I want to set you up with, you know, there's not there's not many Snapchats I'm opening or, you know, the girls that are super forward, I, I tend yeah. to I tend to kind of shy style. away from. Yeah. Yeah. Not so the girls at the expos probably aren't the uh, ideal. Yeah. I, I I think, again, the the expo scene is very competition related and – I want to find a girl who who loves fitness, you know, maybe even into yoga, you know, holistic nutrition, things like that. Somebody that has that aspect to them, um, maybe doesn't necessarily, you know, work for a supplement company as right. as a living, <laughs> um, just to kind of offset 
some what of what you I do. do. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. Okay. What do you think it's going to take from you to create that in your life? Dedicate time and and resources to and, – and again, that, that comes back to – sitting down and actively trying to find whether it's, you know, going to a, a a church group that has, you know, young people there or, you know, even I have not and I refuse to create an online dating <laughs> account. You know, I'm not on Tinder. Right, right. Uh, I think there's one called Bumble. Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, that, I'm not on any of these. I'm, I got a girlfriend, but that's right. And then well, I hear Bumble's good because yeah, you, it's the girl that the girl says that they're I, interested. I just found out about this. Get on that one. Bumble. Okay. Yeah, check it out. I might have to check out Bubba. Also, check it out and then we know in two weeks what, what, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> also, friends that are are uh, you know in in the plugged into the social scene that yeah, might man. have come do acro yoga with me and my lady someday, and we'll uh, introduce you to some people. Nice, nice. So I got I got I got you now looking out for me, Sean Lowe, a guy that was on The Bachelor a couple years ago. They ended up oh, marrying. Oh, really? His the one that he picked. Go on The Bachelor. I, you know, him and I were talking about that. The it's problem not, is it's not worth it, man. No, and I'd have to go to the Bachelorette to first. Oh, I can, yeah. A few years ago, they asked me to be the Bachelor. Really? And it was like you turned it down twice. They asked me turn it down both times. <laughs> One, I just think it's like not good for your brand long term. Yeah, to do a show like that, you get pegged as that. Think of is there one guy who's been the Bachelor who has created something that actually matters in the world after that? You know the only the only name I can think of is Sean Lowe, and he, again he 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 wrote a book about it. But again, I think you know he he and his wife now are 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 exploring other areas. But I can't I can't tell. Besides Sean, I don't know a single bachelor. Jesse name. The, the Jesse the guy who's the ESPN analyst. Oh, yeah, Je- Jesse the quarterback dude or whatever. Right. But he you know I don't know. I forgot he was even the bachelor. Year. Yeah, exactly. But it was ten years ago or something. You know what I mean? So, anyways, I just I remember I asked I was like let me ask my sisters about this and see what they think. And I, I called him on the phone. I was like, I just got asked to do this. I was just cast to do this. Should I go do it? And they were like, absolutely not. Like, really? Don't be a tool. Like, I love no, that. They were like, no chance. Like, if you do, we'll disown you type of thing. So they, do they watch the show? Probably. I mean, I don't know. But, <laughs> For pure entertainment. Yeah, they don't yeah, want to yeah, see yeah. their brother no, on no, it. No. They're like, no way. I and, got four sisters, so maybe I should I should probably get yeah, an idea. They probably great. wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they definitely want to give it their stamp of approval. But I'm I, sure it'd be great. It'd be fun. But then you're that. The Bachelor dude all the time. Yeah, no. Nah. You want to be known for something bigger. Yeah, and I'm. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I want to say this, but I feel like because it's a TV show, it's a reality TV dude, show. It's so staged, everything staged, and they're finding Drama. people that are crazy, certifiable. It's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> certifiable. I like it. What? Okay, I want to go back to masculinity because I'm. Uh, I'm doing research for a book that I'm writing right now called "The Mask of Masculinity." And as uh, I think you could relate to me growing up as uh, a young man playing sports that, you know, teammates, coaches, society tells us certain things on how to be a man, tells us to be big and strong, not to cry, not to show emotions, don't be a wuss, don't be all these other names that we use. Um, And I think it affects us. At least it affected me. I'll speak for myself. Affected me and a lot of the teammates that I know in this projection of what it means to be masculine in today's world. And I loved your, your video for your trailer, for your new program that you had. That's, you know, closed down right now. The video what's like warriors, like fighting or something. What was this? Oh, that's the modern physique on bodybuilding.com. Amazing. Yeah. This trailer is unbelievable. We're going to link it up here. Cause I was watching it. I was like, this is unbelievable. This like speaks to me, you know, yeah. I want to be a warrior. I want to be all right. these things, but what is it? What does masculinity mean to you? And do you feel like this industry or your experience has shaped you or hurt you in relationships 
by living a certain way that's held you back emotionally or something in relationships. I definitely think the the industry, fitness industry I'm talking about, and even, you know, being in L.A., you know, everyone here is is very as a as a man. You need to make a certain amount of money, and this is drive a certain car exactly. Yeah. And and I, I I think that as as a man, it's something that I've learned. And being from Idaho and having really really strong male figures in my life, seeing that you know you can be masculine without having to bark orders at people and be this alpha male all the time. I did grow up. My dad's definitely a Type A personality, so I I have some of that I think in me. But I also I think that. There's that spot for you know really leading by example and being compassionate, and I think that in today's society, I think the biggest thing, especially on my on my YouTube channel that we kind of talk about, was we try to get real with people. I did a series called "The 22 Things Happy People Do Differently," and it, I, I didn't come up with these; they're they're out there already. But I talked about what they meant for me, and it was trying to get real with people about you know breaking down some of these things that, that you know you, you can't really talk about. You're not supposed to talk about as a guy. And I think that that really – so many guys come up to me and be like, hey, out of all the videos, the workout videos you that I've done, it's like that 22 things happy people do differently really affected me in my life. And, you know, it's, it's about being positive and it's about, you know, surrounding yourself with good people and it's about, you know, it, it just is it's a different way of looking at things. And I think that – there's more it's good because there's more and more I think now that is coming about that you know guys can be there's just a lot more acceptance about whoever you are out there mm-hmm. so I think that there is a lot of good things going on but for me you know I I have great people in my life that that aren't you know, it's it's the exact opposite of the fitness industry so I I feel like you know I'm not really inundated with that and I have these people in my life when the, the doors are closed that I I really value what they say and and I watch them with their families um you know a, a good friend of mine um, Dr. Tracy Orr is his name. He he definitely is a guy that I look up to kind of, you know, with his whole family along with my dad, sets the stage that, you know, um, he leads by example. He, he's not quick to, to yell and very, very easygoing. And that's kind of what, how I, how I want to be lead, lead by example. Do you feel like as a role model and someone who has a big audience, you have a responsibility to, you know, be your true authentic self or, do you feel like you have to live up to what they want you to be? Maybe this, I don't know, buff dude. It's just like there's, there's, there's. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, because there's I know two you sides horse of it. Man, but there is two sides of it. You know, you want you want to be this version of yourself that is the best, and that involves, you know, I want to, I want my grandma, my aunts, my my mom and dad to look what I'm doing and be proud. That being said, you know, you also have this very worldly vision of what people want you to be. And I feel like if you can if you can have the balance and do both, then and that's the constant struggle is that balance is, is striving for that balance in life. Um, and it's not really listening to the world. It's not really getting caught up on social media. There's going to be times that that all of us fall into that. But it's it's listening to those who really truly care about you and have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And when they say you know that you know they they've been watching and they like this or that that's what really makes me feel good yeah do you think you need to be uh big and strong and have a certain physique in order to be masculine oh that's a good question you know i grew up i grew up watching bloodsport john van dam arnold stallone all those guys so you know i definitely think that you know when i think masculine 
you know, I think a cowboy, like being from Idaho, I think, you know, those guys that I just mentioned. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think that, you know, being, being masculine is, is really putting others first. It's, that's to me putting others first like you, that's the ultimate sacrifice it's a great example that's a great definition yeah but and that that really like as a role so it doesn't a, matter about physique necessarily no that's what you grew up thinking and right. seeing like these big masculine men it, 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 and it's a stereotype that we yes. think of and but digging deeper into all those things when you watch even when you take those characters what happened in most of these movies they, they were serving they were serving others they were serving others and ultimately their needs came second and I think that that that's ultimately in my career what I want to do is serve others because that that a is really at the core of of happiness I think mm-hmm. and that's yeah. at the core of all these 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 guys in my life that I look up to that's what they're doing actually wow. they're putting their family's needs first they're putting and again it's, they're not sacrificing you know, they're not sac- – they'll say no to things. It's not like you have to be this this pushover that says yes to everything and, mm-hmm. and you're giving your time out to everybody else and you don't have any time for the things you love in life. That And that's what I'm learning. That's what I'm going through right now, that you have to say no to some things. Um, say yes to yourself. Exactly. And then you're better for everyone in your life that really matters. That you Then when you do give your time to – it's truly coming from your heart in a place of you wanting to do it uh-huh. rather than just you feel obligated. Hmm. I want to dive a little deeper into this. Um I had a good question, but then I was just so focused on what you were saying. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I'm thinking, like um, do you feel like most of the, the guys that follow you, the young 20s guys, do you feel like most of them feel like they're not a man or masculine unless they have a body type that's certain of size? Yeah. I feel like they're less masculine. I would I would say they do feel like that. And I'm not going to lie, too. Like, There's times that you know I, I feel like that. The reason, you know, for me, I, I look at it as more of it, it's something that I enjoy. I, I say, you know, your body, your body is an instrument, not an ornament. Like for the longest time in my career, it was all about how I looked, and I can tell you that shit got so old because you're expected. Exhausting too. It right? is exhausting, and the it's darkest, selfish and it's, yeah. the darkest times in my life is when I was unhappy with the fact that I couldn't eat. Perfectly. I was working in, in Santa Monica at a place called True Food. Oh, it's a good spot. It, it is a great spot. And I was prepping it's good for food, a show. It's great food. And I was prepping for a show, working out twice a day at Gold's Gym the Mecca. This is about four years ago. And I remember working there. As a waiter or as, as a, a waiter, yeah. I didn't have great relationships with, with people. I was in LA, didn't know really what I was doing here. You know, I just knew this was the place to make things happen. But I was working there, and you know, I just remember I was so upset with myself because if I had one bite of something that wasn't on my diet because I wanted this perfect physique, I wanted to be perfect. And that was just – that's our biggest enemy in life is just trying to be perfect. So now it's about like you know, t- looking, looking at real health, getting into real health, and how when you functional focus – Functional health. Func- yeah, functional health. When you focus on that, the look and health as- – or the look aspect kind of takes care of itself. Like, yeah, I might not be 4% body fat, but that's not healthy. What's healthy is, you know, I can be, you know, six, seven, eight percent body fat, be healthy, look phenomenal, and, and really, at the end of the day, be so much happier. And then you got to have endurance, too. Four mm-hmm. percent body fat, you can't run a mile, no, probably. Right? No, you're like, like dead. Yeah. It's just, it, and it's miserable. You're, you're a miserable person to be around because <laughs> you're tracking every macro, and all of a sudden, the things that matter most in life start mattering, mattering the, the least. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, you're you're so caught up in yourself and being perfect that, like... For what? Yeah. And what are we trying to be perfect for? so burnt out. What's the point of being perfect? Like, why do people strive? Why do you feel like you stru- were striving to be this perfect body? I, I think it, because it, it's natural to want more and more and more. 
So I think for people, anybody really to being better to be, yeah, yeah to be better as, as an athlete, you know that like you're you're always improving. Higher. Yeah, you yeah, can always faster. improve. And I think that all of a sudden, like you're you've gotten to maybe you've won competitions. You know, you're competing in the Mister Olympia contest. The only way really to to get better and better and better is that now you almost have to be perfect in everything that you do you have to be exhausting it is and i and i think about you know the people even in the sports world who are almost perfect and just you know it's 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 crazy how much time and effort goes into that and those people are obviously god gifted in a lot of ways um and i think that that it is it's they struggle with the balance too you know, so many ex-athletes, they get done and they just have nothing because they've been trying to be perfect and, and not taking care of any other areas yeah. of their life. So what advice would you give someone in their 20s or 30s and 40s, a man mm-hmm. who is trying to be a better man? And they have this image of masculinity that's focused around their body. What would you say to that they should think about or focus on moving forward? And I, I definitely think so. I think the question being... Where is the balance in that, you know, because you do need a, to, to, I think, as a man, be physically fit and healthy. Because I, I think yes. anyone, man, woman, do you whoever. Think you need to be, do you think you need to be big to be masculine or can you be lean and healthy? You can definitely, I think, be lean and healthy. Yeah. You know, and I think definitely lean and healthy. And again, everyone's body type is, is you know, every, there's so many different body types out there. Ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. Those are the body types we look at, you know, in the, in the fitness world and about how, you know, how easy you are to gain muscle and things like that. But, you know, you know being a... Being a a you know triathlon, that's also masculine. Like you're able to run, and you know I was watching, and I and I constantly am judging, looking at people's body, being like, oh that that person would probably be good for endurance, or this person would be a great powerlifter, or, or you know. And I think so for for men, there's definitely a physical aspect that I think that, but you don't necessarily. I don't think that it's should matter as much as it does in a lot of cases. You know, masculinity is it, it's so it's judged so outwardly these days. Where again, if you could get back to what's on the inside, that'll that'll definitely, I think, um, and it's a society problem too. Yes, it, it's something that I think society ultimately it, again the the epidemic I I say epidemic right now of, of Instagram is is right. everyone, and that's where people get this idea is I have to be better than this person, I have to be perfect. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, geez, that's, that's, it's, it's a struggle of mine, but also something that I try to preach to. Sure. What's your biggest fear right now? My biggest fear right now is that, uh, my biggest fear right now is that I'm getting older. I'm 31 years old. I don't, Dude, you, you look know, young as heck. I, I, you're I, fit, you're young, good looking. Right. But I've never, my, I guess right now, if I had a, a biggest fear, it would be that I would be, uh, I said right to, no, I was thinking like those things are there, but my biggest fear is, is that I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna find somebody that, that, um, you know, to, to, to share all these things. Really? With. That's your biggest fear. Yeah. That. And I think ultimately, burning out to is a fear of mine you know how how do you maintain this mm-hmm. you know pedal to the metal traveling how, how, the world how long you yeah it? and what happens when i stop when, what happens when you stop going are you irrelevant now are you yeah less wanted or? right 110 percent all the time and all of a sudden you stop do people still care type of thing what's your vision what do you want to create in this world uh, i would love so my my vision for being in la 
is is creating a a platform that allows people to really experience all different types of fitness. That being on the fitness level, I want to I want to give as much information about fitness and health to as many people out there as possible. And that doesn't just necessarily mean in the gym. I want to better myself whether it's yoga, surfing, like when I say surfing because that's something flexibility goes into that endurance. Um, and then what, what I want to do with that is my goal with everything is, is generally making people's lives better by just giving people tidbits on how to improve health, whether it's nutrition. And again, it comes back because it's all tied together, physical, spiritual, mental. It's all tie, tied together. And I think ultimately that is my goal is to help people be more well-balanced in life, starting with – and usually in our day and age, I think with, with so much out there, the, the easiest place to start is with – with your physical, physical yeah. health, it's the thing we can control or we can focus on every right. day, we have the power mm-hmm. over our bodies. What's the greatest gift that you haven't discovered yet that you think is going to come out soon? Oh, wow, that's a, that's a good. The greatest gift that I haven't discovered. The greatest gift inside of you you haven't yet fully used that you think um, is inside I, of you. I think it's going to probably get back to when I when I really give in to to not worrying about failure. So the, and that, that will involve doing things that scare me and really just, if I fail, I fail. I guess there are people in my life that, that love me, but if I don't do those things, if I don't try to, to, um, to do what I'm really truly passionate about, then I'm going to always regret that. So I think, I think my give, biggest gift would be to really, I think there's a lot I can give people, um, whether it's YouTube or, 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 you know, on a larger platform that involves health and wellness, but also that turns back into more of a spiritual side, mm. figuring out, you know, like why, why, why do we care about these things? Like what is, what is the purpose? We live in a crazy world right now. And there's definitely, I think, a, a spiritual side that mi- is missing in people. Like why, what is the purpose of, you know, why, why shouldn't we, we do, some of the things that we're, we're seeing in this world, like where's, where's your moral compass coming from and, and getting back to, you know, genuinely, why are you wanting to be a good human being? And I think that ultimately that's where I want to go with things, whether it's politics. I don't you know, politics to me right now. is such a scary, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Such a scary thing. So I think that ultimately that's where I wanted to, to look at something. And that would be a gift that I think that, that you do it through love and you do it through trying to be compassionate and help, help people understand, uh, you know, cause there's a lot of hurt in the world right now. There's a lot of people that feel like, like, you know, there's so much mistreatment going on and it, it can be a scary place. And at, at the root of it, it's just love, I think. So I think, you know, loving on a broader scale. It's good, man. It's good. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? Oh, def, definitely most, most grateful for the ability to, for me, and family to connect in a way like my so f- good friends father now growing up i didn't understand why all oh, you know people did a lot of the things they did you know whether it was my dad or you know i, I was a stubborn individual stubborn kid and i think now that like I, I'm, I'm most grateful for the people in my life that are close that you know that i know that no matter what i can call up any time of the day and no matter, you know, how much money or how many Instagram followers, they don't even care. They don't even, my family doesn't really, they none of them are you. on social media. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm most grateful for right that's now. Nice. Yeah. The, the, like, it's just, it, that doesn't matter. Yeah. But I, you know, I, and I'm also grateful for right now for the new relationships. I think I've, you know, starting to develop in, in places in LA because LA is a scary place. 
Yeah, man. Especially coming from the Midwest. You, yeah. know, you never know what you're going to get here. Yeah. <laughs> L- L- yeah. L.A. is – so I, I think that, you know, I, I've definitely been surrounded. It's just – it's crazy how the, we- the world works and that, like, when you think a certain way, you attract other people that think that way, too. Absolutely. What's your daily routine that is a non-negotiable for you every single day that sets you up to become a better man? That's a great question. And I'm going to say that as a, I'm a, in, inherently I'm a people pleaser. So my day, the reason when I start getting unorganized and feel anxiety in my life, it's because I'm sacrificing things that really matter to me and in and, and, and that other people need my time. So I'm, I'm going to sacrifice something I really want and need to do, whether it's meditating, working out, preparing meals, getting enough sleep, going to church, traveling less, whatever it is. Um, and I say church as spiritual side, you know, I haven't, I haven't actually been to a church in a while because I've been traveling so much, but I think that, uh, you know, it, one thing that I don't want to be negotiable is on the days is, is wake up, meditate, put the phone away, only answer emails from a certain time. And that organization is ongoing for me right now, finding out, you know, cause it's hard when I'm in LA and I'm not traveling, I want to get so much work done, Yeah, but it's so easy to get burnt out because I'm giving away all this, all this time, phone calls, emails. And at the end of the day, it's like, how do I, how do I better myself and in turn better my brand and grow? And that usually happens when you're in your creative mindset early on in the morning. So meditating right now, making sure I'm working out because that that is what, you know, that's such a large part of my brand. So the minute I'm no longer physically healthy because of all this traveling and poor poor eating, then I'm not I feel like a fraud on social media, on YouTube. I feel like I'm 100%, you know, not living what I'm preaching and that's hard for me. So starting to say no to things making sure that I, I feel good about my life so that I portray, I feel like I'm, I'm being a, a asset to people and I'm able to, to practice what I preach. Mm, that's cool. Okay. So if you could, if it could be a perfect day for you, what would be the four or five things you'd do every morning before you do anything else? Yeah. So I recently uh, started meditating, right? yep, meditating before, before I, you know, I try to try to leave the phone, um, wake up, meditate, stretch, being somebody who's always been in the gym, playing sports, I never stretched enough. Yeah, and I, I wish I was. Uh, I wish I was John Claude Van Damme. Right, the splits. Sport. Yeah, man, it's amazing. <laughs> Steve Weatherford can do the splits. Can can he really? Full splits. That doesn't surprise it's me. Amazing. Weatherford's an animal. The puncher. He's like so jacked and just boom can punch yeah, it's it. It's true. Split huh? it. It's crazy. What a beast. Um. Okay, so meditate, work out. Yep. Uh, definitely. And then it would be set up my day to where I have at least an hour blocked off for creative, whether it's reading, uh-huh. whether it's setting up things that I, I want to come to fruition, how I'm going to do that. Um, and then there's the execution part of the day. Um, but also I think that for me, it's, it's also, there's a, a strategy that goes into content in, in what I want to push out and what it, what is it honing in on really what the message is, I want that to be, and all of my content being that. Like, I want to have fun with things. I want to have yeah. fun in fitness. I want to find new oppor- new opportunities to give people out there to be successful in their lives with health and fitness. And then, um, you know, again, coming back to probably probably dating and, and, and probably having the time to shut things off because you need that. It's tough, man. You do. It's tough yeah, to it is it tough when, when it's our brand, it's our business. When you work from home, it's, man, it's it's full time. It's it hard is. To, to not. There's no, there's, I, I forget what day it is a lot of the time. I forget like 
if it's the weekend or a Tuesday, like none of the days matter. Right. You're doing so, the same thing. I'm just focused on the vision. You know, there's no turn off. So I, there's well, no happy hour. There's no weekend. Right. And so how do you, how do you, man? I mean, I, I look up to you with that kind of, with, with a lot of stuff, but like, you know, you, as a guy who's being successful with your own brand, how do you do that? Well, what hell? I mean, being in a relationship actually helps because yeah. when, whenever she's around, I put the phone to the side. Like the, the phone is not in the conversation, except for maybe if we're like talking about something, we look something up together. But otherwise, the phone will be in the other room or it'll be off. That's like, huge. Like I won't be. I'll give her the time to just be present because we only hang out a few days a week because she's busy with her her career and everything. So that time is meaningful. That allows me to shut off and connect. And it doesn't mean I'm, you know, my mind is still racing sometimes. I'm thinking about things. I'm still like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get antsy and I want to go like create right then because I got an idea. But that helps also scheduling my day, you know, scheduling my day and make sure in the mornings I schedule time to work out. That's in the calendar. I think if it's not in the calendar, that time, that free time, you'll book it with something else for a meeting or business or whatever. And how do you say no to like, I mean, are, are you good at that? Um... I like to say yes to a lot of things, but I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting better at saying no. I I say no a lot more now than I than I did. And the way I say no is by putting my vision first and saying, okay, every three months we've got a big product launch. We've got something. So I know that I don't have much downtime. I've got to put my energy into my vision and our team vision of what we're creating. So I'm just like, hey, guy, I'm sorry I can't do the interview right now because this is what I'm focusing on. And my team said no interviews. You know, you can put it on my team sometimes if I need to. But it's uh, – and then if people want something bad enough, I'm like, come back to me in six months. Like, ask me again in six months. And if they really want it and they're persistent and they follow up on that day or whatever, and I'm like, well, you know what? It's still not a good time. Follow up in six months. Like, I'll do it after a few times. So if they show that they really care and they're thoughtful and they're patient, then I'm like – this is a good, you know. Those are the people you want to be associated I'm happy to, with. I'm happy to give them 30 minutes to interview. I'm happy to whatever, jump on the phone, whatever it may be, you know, take a meeting, something like that. But I usually say no to everything up front unless it's serving my vision. Gotcha. So that's how I do it. Plus, my assistant is good at, like, saying no to a lot of stuff for me. I'll just ask her, should I do this, yes or no? And she's like, mm, no. That, that That's a voice. That's a person I need I, in my life. I right want to say yes. I want to please everyone too. I'm a people, I want to be accepted. I want to be liked, you know, all these things. So it's a, an art, you know, it's a dance. But that's where it's at right now. And and for your schedule, do you, do you is everything like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm learning different ways to keep calendar. You guys do like in your, in your phone or? It's all on my phone. And, okay. and my assistant will also just text me when things are coming up and. I'll look the night before what's happening tomorrow and kind of get an idea of what I'm, what's going on. So these are all things I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, the ways people are doing things. So, um, I want to ask a few questions before I, to wrap it up. I want to talk about branding first and how you built this following. Cause I think people will be interested. There's a lot of coaches who listen, entrepreneurs who are launching businesses, but they don't have an audience and you've built, what do you have over a million on Instagram, uh, half a million on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Face, what's Facebook got for you? About 800,000. Okay. Yeah. So you got a few million all over the place, right? Snapchat, you got 100,000 views. Oh, well, you haven't broken it yet. I haven't. 99,000 <laughs> Snapchat views of video. So you've built this incredible loyal following and this audience all around the world. What would you say are some you know, three to five things that help you build your following, keep your following engaged, but also so it doesn't run your life? Right. I think in order getting to the how to build your following, 
it's I think being something obviously you have to be something different. You have to have your niche. What is it? Why are people going to follow you? And a lot of times it's going to be the way you look. Unfortunately, in this world, it is oftentimes initially the reason why people follow you is just judging a book by its cover. Or the design of your site following your design. Yep. The design of, yeah, just how aesthetically pleasing it is, your brand. And and then I also think that uh, from that, so you think design is important? Investing in design, quality design. Def- definitely. Yeah. And and also your message. What it, what is your your message? And that's going to turn some people off, maybe. Or but I think that as long as it's really what you're about, then you have passion for it. If your message is really something that you believe in and you have passion, when you have that excitement for something that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're ridiculously excited about it, like willing to wake up super freaking early, that's contagious. And that's one thing that I've learned that whenever, you know, when I was excited to step on stage, the audience, the crowd, people, that's that's a contagious thing. It's like it's tangible when it's there and you'll naturally attract other people that are passionate for that. Or who want that. Right. Um, a mentor, early mentor of mine said that the world makes room for passionate people. 100%. It's so true. When you are passionate, show up that way. People want to be around it. They're attracted it's like a magnet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, and when you're passionate, you don't feel you don't you don't notice the hours. You don't notice that you know all of a sudden, you know, you've been doing it for four years. Time's gone by like twelve it's, hours it, a day. Yeah, right? <laughs> time's gone by, and and you're just like I'm, I'm here because I love it. And even if I didn't get paid, or even if I wasn't, you know, I can't imagine doing anything else. And I think that's a big time. It's it's you know for me it was it was scary. I, instead of going and doing chiropractic stuff, I I took a job the secure way. Yeah, I took a job as a waiter still um, because I wanted to travel around the world with Optum because I saw an opportunity there. They weren't paying me much five hundred dollars a month. Um, that's not enough to live on. So I, I but I said you know I had my college degree and instead of trying to go the corporate world or going back to school, I said I think I, I this is what I'm passionate about. I'm going to invest my time and and I, they're not gonna I'm not gonna get paid for it. Right. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to shake every person's hand in line at an expo. I'm going to give each person a hug. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to make that person remember me by the way I treated them. And that passion then grew. And I think that people felt that energy. It's Again, it's tangible when you're there at an expo and you can sit down and look somebody in the eyes and truly care about them, what they're doing. And you can't fake that. You either have that or you don't. And there's been times in my life that I haven't had passion for it. And I feel like that's that's when I, I have to come back and am I giving away too much of my time? Am I burnt out? But definitely when you have that passion for something. I think that's a great uh, thing that you just said about, you know, for five years you went to expos once a month at least, sometimes more. For five years saw hundreds if not thousands of people that you shook hands at every event, built a relationship with connect them with them one-on-one, you know, gave them 10 seconds of eye contact, goes a long way, taking a photo, whatever it may be. You showed up every year for five, six plus years doing this. And I think people don't realize that, how powerful it is. When I first started out, I went to trade shows every month as well in the marketing business world, entrepreneur world, and did the same thing. Found mentors, found influencers, connected with them, gave them value. And I started hosting events all around the country, networking events. And I shook everyone's hand and showed up always, followed up via email. I was just like in service. And I didn't have a following then. But that level of dedication and consistency over five plus years is what kickstarts your brand following. 
I think people want it quicker. They don't want to do the work of connecting with people. They want to be behind the screen. They want to be just on Instagram and Facebook and hack the system. Right. But if you really want to build a loyal following based and, and, on and a brand that's long lasting, is you got to connect with people in person. I believe too. I agree one hundred percent, and that that is, and again, it's connect. It, you can't do an expo for eight to ten hours a day on your feet and not truly love people. <laughs> yeah, you've got to love people. You do. Like you can't fake that. And again, you're 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 going to be exhausted after it. And you know, there's there's sacrifices that you have to be made. But again, at the end of the day, you feel like you're doing what you want to do. You feel like you're giving value to people around you. And that that's a huge, like for me, I'm like, ah, oh, this feels good. So I was doing it, you know, for myself as well. And maybe for some people who are very introverted, introverted, that's not going to work for them, but you've got to develop, you've got to offer something of so much value that you're able to reach people, whether it's an app or a tool or a website that's just so valuable for people that you don't have to meet them in person, but you can get it in front of them somehow. And I think even introverts, you know, are, there, there's, there's something that comes from. You could be introverted, but you can generally care. And the way you show that you care might be different from introvert to extrovert. You know, you might not be this loud, boisterous YouTube character, but you can you, you put your time in someplace else that makes you super valuable. Yeah. This question is called the three truths. It's one of the oh, yeah. questions. Steve mentioned this one. Okay. So Whew. this is the last day for you, many years from now. Okay. And all your videos and content has been erased from time. There's no Instagram photos of you left. No comments of anything. And uh, you get to write down on a piece of paper the three things that you know to be true about everything you've learned in life that you would pass on to everyone else. This is the only message they'll ever see from you ever again. Gotcha. What are your three truths? I definitely think the first one and most important for me is be happy today. So the thing in our in our society, I'll be happy when I make a million dollars. I'll be happy when I have a million Instagram followers. I'll be happy when, 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 when. If you're not happy now, you'll never be happy. Mm. If you're not, you know, and again, there's a difference between being content. Like, you know, I'm not going to just sit back, kick my feet up and all of a sudden think, you know, I've made it. Like that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about enjoying that daily struggle. If you, if you don't find things to, in your life to be positive about today, then you will never find those things. And that to me is, is, is the first and foremost. Every time I check, every time I feel myself starting to think, you know, I, I start thinking crappy. And in, in LA, you, you know, this happens because there's always somebody who's better, better looking, you know, more money or has a better, you know, this Bigger or that. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. There's, there's, there's that. It's just, and that it's, so it's human nature and it's the world that we live in today to teach you, you know, you, you, you don't have enough. Um, and not having enough starts making people feel like they're not good enough. And then not being good enough starts creating the sense of unhappiness. So I think it's about finding something every day to be grateful for and to be happy for. And then all of a sudden you're already living that you're already, you've already made it, but you know, you, you want to, you want to give that, you want to continue that. So you, you keep sure. on pushing. Sure. Okay. That's number one. That's number one. Um, number two, I would say human beings are not designed to be alone. So whether it's family, friends, um, there was, a, I think the longest living there was an area, I think I, I, I heard this, and I, I'm gonna, I might be wrong with some of the details, but I mean, I want to say it was Italy, and they, they noticed the people in this village were, were living extremely long. I think it's Asia. And, I think there's a documentary called Happy or something. Yeah, and this that, could, it could be Japan, but yeah. it, but it was it what was it, different areas. The, this, yeah, the what it was is these people were living extremely long lives, and they looked at it as to why and diet, everything being equal to some of these other communities, it was they had core family and. They they stayed together. Sometimes they even lived together with family. They had in the, people. In the city, yeah, yes. Yeah. So your tight knit community, the people that truly loved and cared about you, 
were in your life every day, supporting and you gave that support, that I think creates a sense of love, secure, and ultimately happiness and health. So, and again, um, there's times in your life that you're not going to be comfortable and you shouldn't be comfortable, but knowing that you have people that love and accept you, that acceptance I think is, is huge. So you're not designed to, you know, us as humans are not designed to be isolated. Or, yeah. yeah. And I think that for me, I've, in my life, I've, I've felt like I could do, do things on my own. And, um, looking back now, I know that that is not the case. <laughs> it's exhausting too. It yeah. is exhausting. It okay. Is. So humans are meant to be connected. And then I think and then number three, the last one is, is just serve as much as you can serve other people as much as you can. If you want, if you want to, to, to grow something, if you want to be successful and be content in life, you know, and I know that sounds cliche to serve people, but I, I'll, I really do think that the times that, you know, I, I start feeling bad about myself is when I'm thinking about myself. Like, you know, you get caught up in your own thoughts and you get caught up in your own, like, you know, what, what you do and don't have it. But when you all of a sudden turn that off and try to make someone else's life mm-hmm. genuinely better, there's, there's something that happens when you work your butt off and it's for a bigger cause or for someone, someone else. And it might not, you might not even know that person, but, but giving them and genuinely liking doing it, like you're not doing it cause you have to, you're doing it because, because you see somebody out there needing help. And, and it's really a, it makes you feel good. So maybe it's a selfish thing ultimately, cause it's still making you feel good, but <laughs> you're, you're serving other people and, and the times that, you know, and that's, that's why competition stuff was hard for me. Cause it was all about me. So, right. Those are those are my my three. I like them, man. They're great. Um, before I ask the final question, what uh, where should we connect with you? What is your favorite place to connect online? What's your website? Okay, Give it to us. Yeah, so my I do have uh, my favorite place to connect with people, interacting with people. Right now, it's Instagram and Snapchat. Yep. Um, those are just the easiest place. You very user friendly. And what's your Instagram? My Instagram is just Steve Cook, and then Snapchat. Snapchat is Steve Cook Health. Okay. Um. You know, Instagram's great. I'm finding, you know, I feel less engaged with Instagram because it's so picture. So it's like, right. it's like I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to, to I don't know. Instagram's fun, but it, it, there's a point to where I hate. I Instagram, you post a picture on Instagram and you might go back and check how many likes. When was the last time? Like, you know, I, I think about as a million, with a million followers, I'm thinking about more what I'm posting rather than I post what I want. Like, I want people to like it. And I, so I check the likes and things like that. Right. So Instagram, you get this like immediate feedback mm-hmm. if people like your shit or they don't. Right. And sometimes you're like, oh, like I'm not going to post this picture even though I really like this and it's meaningful. Because <laughs> it's not going to get a lot of likes. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like that aspect of Instagram. Yeah. Whereas Twitter, you know, you're just interacting with people. Yeah. And there is a lot of great interaction that goes on there. My website is uh, stevecookhealth.com. Um, you know, recently we've been doing this big program. Big is yep. a program I came up with with uh, an, two exercise physiology guys. They're both one, – one I grew up knowing, played football against in high school. He played at Utah State. Did I read he had 48 reps in the uh, 225 bench press? Strongest. 48 reps? I hit 36, and I thought I That's was – That's insane, dude. I've done like 16 in my yeah. prime, you know. So this, this – 48. Jake, Jake is insanely, insanely strong. Um, and Strongest natural person I've ever met in my life. And I I, I can say that with 100% certainty um, that, that he's just – Freaky. Freak. Yeah. So he, and he, uh, so he's a, got his master's degree in exercise physiology, messes around with cross just cause he's stupid strong and he's good <laughs> yeah. at it. But he's like, he, he looks like a bodybuilder out there. He's as strong as a power lifter and he's just, he's an amazing guy. 
Um, the other one is Mike Casial. He's a guy that is um, from Louisiana, has a really cool story, um, was into drugs as a kid, kind of came about that, you know, he, he got through that through, um, you know, he, he he actually lived in Utah for a while doing this, you know, they ship kids off to, to Utah and these doing these outdoor camps. Um, he got through that, went to college, you know, straightened out his life. Amazing story. Again, exercise physiology, wow. master's degree. Um, and did this program with them with big. So I do the bodybuilding side uh-huh. of things, the aesthetic side of things. They bring their expertise on how to get stronger, bigger, and faster. So it's a, it's a program that's really designed to kind of come at it from all areas. So that's been really fun to do, seeing people just doing amazing changes. People can find that on the website there. Um, What's this other physique thing, the, the video that I saw? The Modern Physique. Now, that's a program that, that I did for bodybuilding.com. Oh, okay. And it's kind of like a mini big program. Um, it's kind of more cookie cutter. It's one size fits all because, you know, we can't change things up because once it goes on bodybuilding.com, it lives there. But that was a cool thing. Bodybuilding.com, they have a great production team. It's always fun working with them because they just get, you know, lots of young kids trafficking to right. their site to right. buy supplements and, and that free content. And it's nice because it's free. That's cool. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's my social nice, media. Man. I like engaging with people on there. And then, of course, expos, lots of expos. Lots of, so if you're at the next expo. Yeah. Come, come give you a hug. Yeah. Next Expo, Olympia, Las Vegas, Nevada. There you go. The Olympia. There you go. So stevecookhealth.com is the main site to go follow everything, right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Steve, for not being a douche. Oh, I appreciate I No, but seriously, I want to acknowledge you for, man, you went through a lot of challenges. You know, you went through a, cha- a lot of challenges of losing your identity in sports, which I can relate to, to jumping to a marriage early on. And then I can only imagine the uncomfortableness, the guilt, the shame, the uncertainty, the unworthiness or whatever feelings you had going through that. I can only imagine how challenging at a young age to experience that. And then to come out and better yourself and say, how can I be a better man? How can I serve? How can I give? And, um, you know, to connect with you more, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. And I really want to acknowledge you for your gift of sincerity and being an authentic, real man in this world. I appreciate that. That was, that was, you know, Steve, Weatherford mentioned you, you, you build people up and I, I gotta say that was, I feel, I don't know, I feel extremely grateful for you having me on this show, but also like, I, I definitely appreciate what you're doing and, uh, yeah, thank I don't know. Thank you for having me on this. This of course, is, man. it was a good time. Good of opportunity. Course, of course. One final question. Okay. What's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness. Um, I think my definition of greatness would be doing something that other people might not agree with all the time, but believing in it and then ultimately succeeding at it. And, and that, that to me is true greatness, like something you shouldn't necessarily succeed at, but through perseverance, through just hard work and believing and passion, you you do that and overcome those trials. That is, that is true greatness. So I feel like, you know, there's, and there's, there's so many people out there that are doing that and not getting recognition for it. Um, in our day and age, so, you know, the people that are doing really true greatness, might not be the people that have the most followers on Instagram. Um, they might be the quiet, quite humble leaders that are, are doing it in the communities and things like that. So I think, you know, for people out there listening, you know, try to try to attach yourself with with things that, that matter and aren't just getting a lot of um, you know, play because our media especially, social media and media especially, tends to focus on the bad yeah. in the in this life. But you know, there's so much good out there and yeah. and uh, you know, celebrate that. The legend of Steve Cook. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. All right. We broed out. 
We talked about vulnerability. We talked about masculinity. We talked about how to get big. We talked about building a bigger business. We talked about so much. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 359. Make sure to tweet Steve and connect with him on Facebook and Instagram and, and tag me and Steve on Twitter and Facebook to let us know what you thought of this. Share your thoughts, connect, and follow along the journey. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so if this is your first time on the School of Greatness podcast, then make sure to click the subscribe button over on iTunes or the podcast app on your phone, and stay tuned because each week we've got inspiring guests, interviews, and insights. And coming up next week, we've got the legendary Larry King. That's right. Larry King is live in my studio, and we're going to reveal some of his incredible stories, insights, and lessons from interviewing over 60,000 people. I am pumped to share with you this interview, so stay tuned for that. It's been awesome spending some time with you today. It means the world to me, and I will never take it for granted. I'm constantly doing my best to become a better host and to continue to produce this podcast at a higher level so that it brings you a wealth of information and you keep coming back. And with that, let me leave you with this. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.